Hey y'all, it's Janice here, aka J Nice on the mic, and this is Dirty Diversity, a podcast on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is called Dirty Diversity because in this day and age, diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions. The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, aka J Nice on the mic. <laughs> that was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic here with another episode of, this is actually episode 20 of the Dirty Diversity podcast. I'm really excited. Um, It is, we are less than one week away from my book dropping. So I wanted to, I I was going to talk a little bit about one of the chapters in my book. So for those of you who don't know, I am a first-time author, and my very first book, which is called Dirty Diversity, comes out next Friday, Juneteenth. Um, And uh, I can link back to, or I advise you to listen a few episodes back where I discussed why the book is dropping on June 19th. I provide a lot more details. But um, <clears throat> interestingly, a couple minutes before I recorded this, I actually got a um, a text message from a friend of mine, and um, she sent me a Washington Post article that I'm going to put in the show notes for you all to read. But in the, and I'm going to actually pull it up because I want to get all the info correct. But in the article, so the article is called, When Black People Are in Pain, White People Just Join Book Clubs. So I read the article. It's by a writer, uh, a freelance writer named Trey Johnson. He writes on race, culture, and identity. So I read the article and I I disagreed slightly. So for those of you listening, some of you... um, who are going to get the Dirty Diversity book. And thank you so much for those of you who pre-ordered. The book is available for pre-order right now on Amazon. The ebook is available for pre-order, but Amazon does not allow you to um, have the paperback on pre-order. So the paperback is dropping on Friday, June 19th. But um, so one of the chapters, I talk about employee book clubs and how I think in my my. Um, my opinion is that they can be 
Um, they can be an effective way to facilitate important conversations around race and diversity and power and privilege. So the article and a friend of the friend of mine who sent the article. Um, so my friend, the friend of mine agrees that. Um, in the article, Trey Johnson basically says book clubs are BS. <laughs> you know, he he basically says that, um, and I'll read a little bit of, uh, I'm trying to find a good point to read. So he says, um, and yes, there are virtual book clubs with names like Anti-Racism Book Club. It's impossible to miss things to the way the algorithms of my feeds leap to attention when American racism is at its highest. Um, I've been solicited for resources. Uh, because I've been here before, I know what happens next. In a handful of Sundays, my social media feeds will no longer have my white allies thising and unpacking their whiteness or privilege or nudging their kids to put down their tablets and march. Their book clubs will do what all book clubs do, devolve into routine reschedulings and cancellations turn into collective apologies for not doing the reading or meta conversations about what everyone should pretend to read next. Finally become occasional opportunities to catch up over wine. It's, it is har hard and harmful to know that all of this keeps them in a comfortable place, even if doing just a little feels like a reach when the race alarms are sounded. So I agree with Trey Johnson in that I think that employee book clubs need structure. And in my new book, I discuss the importance of book clubs and how I read a book um, and how it, it shifted my perspective um, vastly. So, you know, in speaking with my friend, one of the things that uh, came up in our discussion is that my friend said employee book clubs don't allow or don't lead to white people um, actually making changes and, and actions. So I thought that that was really interesting. And, you know, in our discussion, it was brought up that white people will go out, read the books, talk to people about how they read the books, but reading the books doesn't lead to structural or institutional shifts. And I agree that a book club should be an active um, sort of activity that you do that leads to change in action. And it shouldn't just be like you reading a book. Um, I also don't think it's effective for book clubs to just consist of white people. Um, I've heard of these book clubs that are white women getting together and discussing race. And I don't think that that's effective at all because part of the part of the reason why we're in the conundrum that we are in today is because a lot of for a lot of white people in a, particularly in America and I'm speaking to America because that's a society I'm most familiar with but a lot of white people in America and beyond um, we they are in echo chambers and and you only know you know the people in your neighborhood who are white the your friends the people you mingle with are all white so I don't see what transformation can come from you joining a book club with those same very people if you were not able to come to certain realizations before then joining an all-white book club where you are discussing a book is not going to be enlightening. I do think that book clubs should be mixed and should consist of different types of people. 
But one thing that I would suggest for your book club is to have a, a lots of structure and have some sort of requirement. So every um, time that the book club meets, there should be something that each of the book club members have to bring. One thing I would suggest, and this is what I do with my students, uh, in my graduate students, is that they come to class with discussion questions. Because what I was finding was that in the past, when I would assign um, readings from the textbooks, sometimes students don't read. You know, when I was one of those students, when I was in, you know, when I was in, in, um, in undergrad, when I was in my master's program, and even in my PhD program in some of my classes, I didn't always read before a class. But if I'm expected to come up with discussion questions, you best believe I'm going to at least skim the chapter. So I think that at the very minimum, a book club attendees should be coming to the book club meetings with questions that they have, questions for discussion. And I think it's an interesting point that was made that the book clubs often turn into collective apologies for not doing the reading or meta conversations about what everyone should pretend to read next. There should be action followed with reading. Um, after the book club is, after, you know, however many book club meetings take place, after that um, particular book is over, there should be actionable items that each person is going to do and, you know, what I learned from reading this book and what I will do next. And these should be tangible things. I do agree that book clubs often lack the structure to be effective, but I, I personally think that there are ways to increase the effectiveness, and one of which being creating action items or action steps that all of the book club members will create after they finish reading the book. You know, so I there should be more. Reading a book is nice, um, but it should be followed by action. And I do feel like Books are effective. I'm not just saying this because I'm coming out with a book. I read a lot of books, but I read a lot of books on Audible. So I think that, and I state this in my book that's coming out next week, I think that um, organizations should offer things like Audible memberships to employees because I recognize that not everybody reads and me myself I haven't been able to find the time to curl up to a good book even since the pandemic started in the last four months I haven't actually read a book so you know I, I think that having an audible membership is amazing because you know many of us are not commuting to work anymore but if you're taking a walk you can listen to a little bit of the book and th so that's something that I recommend and I would also look beyond books. Find YouTube videos where there are really interesting topics being discussed and have everyone who's, uh, have everyone in the organization meet at a, at a designated time and discuss it. Because if it's like a book, people can easily make the excuse that, oh, I didn't have time to read or my kid was doing this or blah, blah, blah. Everyone can find 30 minutes to an hour in a day to listen to something. So I think that um, we have to be mindful of some of these barriers that uh, come with book clubs, and I think book clubs are very effective, but it's important to understand that not everyone has the time to read. So um, I also think that we should be looking beyond book clubs. We could also be doing 
discussion sessions where people are watching movies and discussing. Everyone loves to watch movies. And there's so many thought-provoking documentaries and films that have come out. Why don't you assign the film 13, and which is on Netflix? You know, I'm assuming most people have Netflix or are able to watch bits and pieces of different documentaries online somewhere, maybe on YouTube. But have that as assigned watching and then have everyone kind of discuss how, you know, what that the documentary 13 meant to them um, and what you are specifically going to do to implement change. I think that book clubs should come with um, or discussion clubs, which I think you should start some sort of um diversity discussion, you know, y'all know I love alliteration, but some sort of diversity discussion or discussion club in your workplace, and that should have action tied to it. What am I going to do today? Or what am I going to do tomorrow? And um, I think a really great book uh, is uh, Me and My White Supremacy, Me and Me and White Supremacy by Layla Syed, um, or Saad, uh, and I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing her last name. I had an opportunity to interview her for a Forbes article. Um, I feel like I mentioned this before, but I'll drop the article link in the show notes. But um, her book is amazing. And I know currently it's back on the New York Times bestseller list. So she was previously a New York Times bestselling author and she had a me and white supremacy challenge. Um, that was actually part of the reason why she wrote the book. But um, so you can get the, the me, and, me and white supremacy book on Audible. But in the book, uh, in the physical book, it comes with like a workbook portion where you are actually writing things and contemplating and sitting and taking a moment to assess your internalized anti-blackness and white supremacy. So I think that you know, book clubs can be effective, but they need structure, they need goals, they need actionable items that each person is going to take after um, reading and also check-ins. Like, you know, at the beginning of each book club meeting, you should review with employees and say, you know, uh, John, you said after you read this chapter, um, it catalyzed you to support black businesses. What have you done since our last meeting to actually um, implement this goal that you set? So like there should be some sort of accountability as well, like not just setting empty and blind goals, but you should also be following up on that. And like, did I actually um, did I actually accomplish the goals that I set out to accomplish and that I said I would do after I read this chapter. So I do think book clubs can be effective. The current structure of them um, may need to be strengthened, strengthened, excuse me, but I don't think that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I think that book clubs can be effective. So that, those are my thoughts for today. This is a little bit of a shorter episode, but I'll probably come back um, before June 19th and just check in with y'all. I'm really excited about Dirty Diversity dropping, and the link to pre-order is also in the show notes um, in case any of you want to check it out. 
And um, so yeah, it's it's a short, it's a hundred, a little over a hundred pages. It's very practical. And um, I have a, I had an author uh, coach who helped me with writing this book, Jasmine Walmack, and she basically said that, um, you know, and and I agree with this. If books are too long, over two hundred pages, really over one hundred and fifty, it's hard for people to finish those books like physical books. And, you know, this is especially true for nonfiction. I'm not talking about like Harry Potter and, and fiction books. It's easy to um, get wrapped up in the book and read and read and read. But when we're talking about nonfiction, the goal for me was really writing something that is practical, that's an everyday language, that's easy to understand. These are, I'm not speaking in, sometimes I have a tendency to use, use, um, big words and things like that and use these SAT words and all of that and the jargon. And, you know, I think that it was, I thought it was important to just speak in language that everyone can understand. Not everyone's a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner. So it's, it's, it's very simple language and it's easy enough for anyone to understand how to implement these sorts of things in the workplace. So that is my spiel for today. And thank you all so much for listening and I hope you're doing well. You're keeping yourself healthy. I know that this is a really challenging time, especially for us as black people navigating white spaces and navigating predominantly white um, neighborhoods and countries and, and things like that. But um, I know that, you know, we're strong and resilient people. We're going to make it. And, you know, this is not going to be the end of it, but um, we're strong and we're resilient people and we're going to we're going to um, we're going to make it through this. But I hope again that you're taking care of yourself, that you're sleeping. I'm trying to practice what I preach. And um, so with that, with without further ado, I will end this episode, but I will check y'all out later again. All of the info that I mentioned is in the show notes. The pre-order link for Dirty Diversity book is in the show notes. And also, if you have a couple minutes, if you could leave a review, that helps uh, people find the Dirty Diversity podcast, and it means the world to me. But I love y'all. Connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram if if you're on those platforms. I I find myself on there a lot. But um, I love y'all, and I will check y'all out in the next episode.